This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. That same day, February 1st, 2020. So again, right at the start, that same day, Dr. Fauci organizes a conference call. Him and Dr. Collins get on there with Dr. Gary, Dr. Anderson, all these other virologists. They get on there, and three days later, everybody changes their story. Uh, interesting. Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan on Fox over the weekend. Chatting with Maria Bartiromo on Fox Television saying, listen, so we had this. You got a doctor saying, yeah, this is not something we think that it can emerge from nature. From nature, there's an exchange of emails. They all get together and all of a sudden, oh, things are way different. And I don't know who I hold more accountable. Some of these people like uh, Dr. Fauci or the news outlets who would criticize people like me or criticize people like Stephanie Bell. And we would dare ask the question, where, is it possible that the virus came from a lab. Is that possible? We were lambasted. We were criticized. We were vilified for even daring to ask the question because that's just what progressives do. If you don't agree with something they think, boom, they made it political. They made us out to be heathens. Hmm. And this right after a, a report had come out about a week and a half ago saying, yeah, right now, the lab leak theory right now is the most likely theory, the most likely origin for the COVID virus. And I don't know who we should hold more responsible on it. Politicians, media, who is it? Want to bring in Congressman uh, Blaine Lukemeyer joining us on the show. Congressman, welcome in. Glad you could be here. You guys have this new information, you and your colleagues. What's next as it relates to the origins of COVID? Yeah, good morning, Brandon. Thanks for having us. Well, I think we're going to continue to investigate and, and try and prove more um, about this situation, continue to unveil uh, as much as we can about the what all went on around this. I know that, you know, you made a comment a minute ago with regards to uh, being put down by by the media when you suggested something. I can tell you, having had Dr. Fauci and Dr. Redfield in my committee, I served on the COVID committee for a while. Uh, talking to Dr. Redfield off the record before this, the thing started, the meeting started, was very in- instrumental or very instructive because he would uh, be pretty forthcoming about stuff that uh, is basically coming out now. He's very reluctant to put that on the record, and when you ask Fauci about it, he would immediately dis- dismiss anything you said that could be uh, taken as maybe a, a possibility. But you know, uh, there was no science to back it up at that point other than just logic. And so he he was very uh, dismissive of everything that yeah. <clears throat> we would say that would say, well, it started at a lab, you know, and now we, and, and at the, that point, there would seem to be common sense. But at this point, knowing that it didn't start anyplace else, and we know that the, the, the government was doing the research on COVID, uh, COVID viruses, we know that. We know that they're doing COVID virus uh, research in that lab. And we know that uh, the Chinese have a biological warfare plan with their military. So logically, it would seem to be that this would happen. Yeah. So for people to dismiss that uh, summarily uh, without any sort of other science to back up their position uh, is, is quite disingenuous at, at the very least. And here's what I'm wondering is in, in D.C., in the hallways, that's why we enjoy having you on. You give us the backdoor stuff. We kind of get what's happening in the hallways. Is there like Democrats that you're rubbing elbows with? Are they going, oh, this, 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 the latest findings from the Department of Energy, it's BS. What is their react? Because they are the ones that made this a political thing. What are they saying? Are you getting any sense from them? Oh, there's a few of them behind the scenes that will will admit that we're probably right. Um, 
most of them are still uh, down in the gutter with that with that sort of mentality that you know regardless of what comes out they're going to support the administration position on it they're not going to you know they keep throwing science in your face all the time with all the other issues but yet when science shows what this is all about then they ignore it so it, you know they're very hip- hypocritical about the way they they pick and choose what information they want to all right. you know, support what information they want to tout and how they want to portray it. So now most of those folks are still deniers at this point, but, um, uh, you know, there, there, there's a few of them coming around, especially on the China stuff, but, um, they're, they're, they're just not there yet on this other one, on the, on the COVID stuff. Our guest this morning on wake up mid Missouri, Congressman <laughs> Blaine Lukemeyer. Congressman, talk to us about the new select committee on China that you're serving on and the testimony you got one day last week from a from a woman, I guess, who'd been in a Chinese labor camp. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, one of the three priorities of the speaker this year is the investigation of China and all things China. Uh, myself and Andy Barkin from Kentucky are two representatives from the Financial Services Committee that are in there to give those folks a perspective and background on the financial and economic part of the weaponization of the their Chinese economy and how they fund themselves. So it's been uh, very interesting, as you say, the late, that we had a lady in our, in our hearing last week who was an actual uh, detainee in their, in their um, prison camps. She was in prison for four years. Uh, for two different stretches, and she was a uh, protester at the Tiananmen Square uh, event back uh, in the early 90s. So she's been through the ringer. She understands the the depth of the uh, uh, oppression of the Chinese government. And again, I think we need to make sure we always talk about two different things here. The Chinese Communist Party is slash the government of China and they are in charge and oppressing the rest of the Chinese people. It takes about $300 billion a year for the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party, to oppress the people of their country with building new detention camps, surveilling them, um, you know, and, and taking care of those folks. So uh, this is a really major, major undertaking, and this the Chinese take it very seriously. And this, this lady was able to let us sort of look behind the curtain, so to speak, about how they oppress people and uh, how they really think. You know, they don't view the Chinese people. They fear the Chinese people, uh, their government does, because they know that if the Chinese people ever became empowered, they would overthrow this government in a heartbeat. So, well, our, you know, our job is is to continue to investigate, to uh, expose the Chinese government, i.e. the Communist Party here, and empower the Chinese people as best we can from, a, from the outside. But that being said, we have to understand that we, the American people, are actually supplying the money that underpins this entire operation by Chinese government through our investments in China, through our um, our trade with China. I mean, it's in the trillions of dollars, and they use all those dollars to build up their military, to weaponize their economy against us, and, and by subsidizing their manufacturing against our manufacturing, and then oppressing their own people. So you think about that, we're actually paying the Chinese to undermine our own manufacturing uh, in this country. It, it, it blows your mind. Congressman, I appreciate Congressman, appreciate your time. Two-part question. <laughs> Obviously, you mentioned the speaker. Any chance he's going to be coming to Columbia, which is now part of your district? Uh, we haven't had a speaker here that I can remember. I know John Boehner, when he was speaker, came to Jefferson City. That's been several years ago. And two, you <coughs> filed this flood bill. To Basically, it's aimed at lowering flood insurance costs with the NFIP. What's your gut feeling on that? That's a bipartisan bill. Yeah, with regards to uh, 
Speaker uh, McCarthy coming to Central Missouri. I've offered him the opportunity a couple times already. I'm not an endangered uh, representative. He goes usually where he our members are in danger to try and shore up the numbers and help raise money for him. Um, I'm trying to think about how I can attract him here, quite frankly, see once if we can get him here in Central Missouri. But we'll that's we'll see what we can do with regards to the flood bill. Uh, I had this bill uh, kind of worked up, ready to go about six years ago when I was the chairman of the Housing and Insurance Committee, which is where the flood insurance uh, bill or the flood insurance program is. And uh, we're kind of resurrecting that thing. I'm back on the committee again and uh, trying to get some discussion going on it. This is one where uh, it costs the taxpayers literally billions of dollars a year to underwrite this thing, which we should never be doing. That should be, and I I proved already, I've got the the documents and the calculations to show that it could be self-supporting, that the the private market has got enough um, wherewithal to be able to underwrite the flood insurance program. There are enough private insurers out there now to be able to move people to the private marketplace uh, so and 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 there's not a, a problem with them taking some of the super high risk stuff either. So uh, it, it's a, it's a very bipartisan problem. Uh, when we get to talking about flood insurance, also I've got a few Republican colleagues that get their their dander up a little bit. So uh, it's a problem we're going to have to work through. But we need to start the discussion. The American taxpayers are on the hook, and we put in billions and billions of dollars to help people live in houses along the coast who, when they flood. Uh, are continually rebuilt over and over again. That's nonsense. It's got to stop. So we're trying to offer the beginning of a, a discussion point here and get something done. Do you? We recently talked about during the McCarthy election how uh, there were a number of C-SPAN uh, cameras allowed on the House floor that kind of provided additional insights to those of us who aren't there. Um, there's been a little bit of push in the last month to maybe keep the House floor open to additional cameras. Do you have an opinion on that? Well, <laughs> yeah, you, you have to be there to understand my comment here. But the the shenanigans that went on during the speaker's race, uh, which were witnessed on TV, the folks who were the naysayers were there not because they were working on issues, not because they had a uh, a bone to pick with the the speaker per se, but for their own benefit. They would be on the floor, make a statement, and run right out the back door to the media bank of microphones and stand in front of the cameras and beat their chest and say what, what great citizens they are, what great Americans they are, and then go back home and raise money off that. That This this was the most self-serving uh, situation you've ever seen, and if you want to see more of it, you want to see more politicians, this is why you don't allow... Uh, uh, cameras in the courtrooms, or you shouldn't anyway. Uh, you, you, these guys will just get up, and they will. It's all about them. It's not about the issue. At the end of the day, they didn't get anything when it came to additional rules. They got two little things that amounted to a hill of beans um, from the standpoint of effectiveness of being able to over to run the floor. And this was all about themselves being able to sell themselves so they could go out and raise money and become more important. It's amazing. So you want more of that? Put cameras in the chamber, and then all we have is a show. So let me ask you this, Congressman. So if we had more cameras in the chamber, we would have been able to see people, let's say, like Matt Gates, come in, make his news bite sound clip, and then walk back out and go tell the media about it instead of staying in there conducting business? <laughs> yeah, well, if you followed him out, that's what you would have seen because Matt is, you know... <laughs> 
he, he, Matt made the comment when he came to Congress that he wanted to become the Congress and become famous and get his own TV show. His parents are very wealthy. His dad's a, a lawyer. They built him a studio in their own home in their basement so that he could perfect his, his ability to perform in front of the camera. So he is the poster child for these guys. He's a, he, he doesn't even belong to the Freedom Caucus. Now, He's so crazy. They don't even. He doesn't even belong to the Freedom Caucus. So when people use Matt Gates as a, as an example of, of who we need to be like, I'm sorry, that is not who we need to be like. Uh, very well. My time in Florida, I spent not quite ten years in Pensacola, Florida, and his uh, father, Representative Don Gates, was our rep. So he was on our show a lot. And then Matt Gates was involved in some local politics. So I'm very familiar with uh, both Matt Gates and his father, Don Gates. Congressman Blaine Lukemeyer, always appreciate when you uh, come on the show and are open and honest about some of the things that we don't get to see on the TV about what's happening in D.C. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Always fun, guys. Take care. All right. We'll see you. It's pretty interesting. Coming up, Morning Hot Bell. Takes. Uh, business news with a little twist. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Take 26 time for the Morning Bell. Business news with a little twist. Only Stephanie Bell can give you. Well, futures are slightly up this morning on this Monday morning, but China's expectations are not really up. Yesterday, uh, they unveiled their growth target where they're kind of projecting where they're going to be at. They revealed a 5% growth target, which is actually the lowest target they've had in decades. I think as we talk about, I was kind of relieved to see this, honestly, because I was thinking, you know, as we talk about all of our tension with China and everything else, I'm like, oh, great. Maybe if their economy's slowing, maybe that because Joe Biden's not putting the pressure on them to, you know, not enter a conflict with us. So I'm thinking maybe or not get involved in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So I'm thinking maybe if they, they are nervous about their economy, they'll stay home, they'll stay out of it they'll leave us alone you know i'm not gonna hold my breath but i you know i was like oh that's good but people are saying hey you know they've also got like pr risk here and so they are they want to be they want to show confidence that they're still growing but they also don't want to miss their mark because we've seen that in the financial news right if you project a really high number you know even if you still get a high number and you're still kicking other people's butts but you miss your own target you still get penalized for that so in the same way people are saying ah they might just be you know coming out low so that way then when they get eight they're like oh my gosh we far exceeded you know our target but at the same time i mean it is notable that it's the lowest target in, in several decades um and it could be done uh could be due to a number of things the in the other interesting portion of this is that they they have projected that they are going to increase their military spending by 7.2 percent which is the fastest pace in four years which given what we've no, we've um, learned from intelligence lately that they you know might be getting involved in the russia ukraine conflict uh gave me a moment of pause. Like Joe Biden. China, I don't want you getting involved in this conflict. That's our job. It's our job to be involved by giving them weapons and so forth. By the way, on that front, as it relates to uh, Russia and uh, China, German Chancellor uh, Olaf Scholz uh, doubled down, I guess is what we say on his call for China to refrain from sending weapons to Russia amid its invasion of Ukraine. He also said that there would be consequences if that suggestion uh, is ignored. I know kind of off the path of business news, uh, but just wanted to mention that while we were there. Also want to mention the annual Como Man Show, man. It's coming up this Saturday, 20 bucks at the door. And this is everything. Hunting, fishing, sports, food, beer, power tools. Models. Every, Harley Davidson models dressed up, up like a Harley Davidson model, in my mind, should 
dress. Mm-hmm. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. People go, Chris, how come you didn't do nothing bad? I got parents. And you know what my parents taught me? Don't fight in front of white people. Chris Rock, stand-up special over the weekend, a live streaming uh, special over Netflix, just about an hour from where Stephanie was. That was happening in Baltimore, Maryland. Stephanie was down just a little bit south of D.C. for the big CPAC convention. Chris Rock, so it caught a couple of big interesting things there. Netflix doing something live, which I think, I think, I might be wrong, I think one of the first live events that Netflix has done, uh, but then Chris Rock covering the whole thing with the slap on Will Smith last year. From the uh, from the Oscars, from what I have seen of it, fairly uh, entertaining. Welcome to the show. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. I am Brandon Rather. Stephanie Bell. Your biggest highlight from CPAC was it seeing Trump speak, or was it something else? No, I actually left before he spoke. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, he creates so much drama and tension, and you have to sit there the whole time. I've seen him speak before, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to get back to my family. He he spoke very last late on Saturday. Um, gosh, my biggest takeaway. John Kennedy, you said you liked. Yeah, he was really, really good. And just seeing, yeah, seeing Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley speak, just all the big, you know, names, I think it's so far out still uh, that we don't really know what's going to happen. And I think I'll look back and be like, I was there. I saw these folks. You know, it's cool. I got to keep reminding myself when we get into especially these national level politics, I'm like, Oh, it's only March. Oh, yeah. And the other thing was I did get to go kind of backstage right before Congressman Smith and Senator Schmidt got, went on. And so I got to, sp- you know, just say hi to them and, you know, watch them do their speeches on stage. Big day for Missouri. Really exciting. So seeing our, our home our home state folks was really fun. Congressman Jason Smith reps uh, a portion of our listening area in the southeast part of the state. Is in effect, uh, he's called our third senator because of his high-ranking uh, positions that he holds in Congress. John Marsh is joining us, too, Manor. Uh, awesome work. Heard you did really, really good uh, hosting the final three days of the show last week. Steph and Jen Bukowski uh, killed it on Tuesday. I know I'm not supposed to say that phrase oh, yeah. anymore. That's right. Be I very feel triggered. Uh, I killed it. Uh, so thank you. Highlight of your weekend, John? Highlight of my weekend. Eh, talk to the Jefferson City School Superintendent a little bit about a big bond issue folks are going to see on the April ballot. And he said he would gladly come back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri and discuss it all with us. You know, maybe we could have him on tomorrow because Desi, <laughs> Desi is going to release, they're going to, they're, they're, I think the test scores, Department mm-hmm. of Elementary and Secondary Education, uh, the test scores, which apparently haven't been good for a while, where uh, some new test scores coming out tomorrow. They are coming out tomorrow. And what we're hearing, apparently the rumor mill is going strong that they're going to be devastating, that they're really bad. And the only question in my mind is which schools are on the no-no list? Is it, you know, do our midmost schools make it um, or are they one of the bad ones? Um, but apparently we don't know what t- I don't know what time these things are dropping tomorrow. Um, but, man, that would be devastating if you've got a ballot measure on in April and your scores come out tomorrow and they're yep. in the toilet. Yikes. Old school choice debate at the Capitol right now, too. There's a lot riding on these test numbers, and I can already. And you look at in in Mid Missouri, at least I think the most beleaguered school district in all of Mid Missouri is and has been for a long time is the Columbia Public School District, and it's not just because uh, the jaws of the school and every all the administration let kids go to an event where there were drag performers, unbeknownst to anybody, including parents of the students, falling test scores, poor communication uh, with parents. There's a whole litany of things that have happened over the years. It's not one thing, Columbia Public. Public school district, it's like Kimberly Gardner. 
the prosecuting attorney in St. Louis. It's not just one thing with Kimberly Gardner. It is a whole list of things that is a, a problem. So that's what uh, one of the things that we're going to be watching for on the show tomorrow, those those test scores that are going to be uh, coming out from Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. There is producer Hannah. Was, yeah. uh, it's been the highlight for you over the past couple of days. Uh, over the weekend, I got to spend some time with my little nephews, and they got their first haircuts this weekend, so they no longer look like little babies. They look like toddlers, so that was a little sad, but it was fun to spend time with them. Was the stewing over the wrong sandwich order the highlight of your trip to Idaho? Man, I, f- I <laughs> internally and quietly flipped my lid, because I got a wrong sandwich order after skiing with the grandkids, and... Uh, they, I wanted a large and they gave me the, the half the size and they put jalapenos on it. There wasn't supposed to be any jalapenos on it. Can't you just pick those off? Nope. I was trying to prove a point. That's what I got all bent out of shape about. Kind of like when you dropped your, what was it, your health insurance? My, yeah, whenever, uh, Obamacare went into effect, I dropped, I dropped my health care insurance knowing full well I was going to be incurring penalties. Did that for three years and some couple thousand dollars later after I paid the fines and the fees and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I was, I was. (laughs) You came out not on top. (laughs) But you know what? Uh, seriously, I feel like I can stand on, you know, I, at the time, I, I really believed. I said, this is bull. It's wrong. You cannot force me. You cannot force me to do it. And I, I, I honestly, and yeah, it, it hurt writing a check for $2,700, $2,800, whatever it was. Uh, but I can honestly say it was worth it. Now, last week when I threw a fit about my sandwich and I wouldn't eat, <laughs> and my nine-year-old grandson says, well, you know, if you're not going to go have them fix the order, or if you don't want to buy to my sandwich, don't complain if you get hungry later. <laughs> and Savage sure enough, that is. sure enough, <laughs> in that hotel room, I'm like, boy, I sure am hungry. But nope, I'm standing on my principle. Is it a sandwich place where they make it in front of you? Yeah, they, yeah. So you watch them put jalapenos on it. No. You I, watch them give you a too small sandwich. No, I, because I don't stand there and watch them prepare my food. I, uh, I was the money guy. I paid and went and said, I told him, I said, I want the 12 inch. It was a, a Philly cheesesteak. And this is, this is what I want. Well, my daughter-in-law, she had ordered another one with jalapenos on it and they so they got the side got everything wrong um so i didn't see him make it <laughs> but you know what's interesting is as i was sitting over there fuming at them quietly in my own i was wallowing around <laughs> in my own misery um it's an interesting job to be a sandwich maker like that in front of because i'm watching the whole line of people that are standing there watching people make their sandwiches i'm like what a weird job to have where people just sit and they're standing right above you, just like lurching, watching you make their sandwiches, like judging every little thing you do. I just, just nope, nope, too much jalapeno, nope, more mayonnaise, nope. I, I'm sure you get a lot of criticism. I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't either. You can watch us do our thing though by going to our YouTube channel, Wake Up Mid Missouri. You can also watch on the Wake Up Mid Missouri uh, let's see, YouTube channel and also, yeah, on our Facebook page. <laughs> you got it? Yeah. All got right. all two of them? Uh, sorry. Been out of the loop for a few days. And I do. It's still the same, too. It was before you left. 
Well, somebody had sent me a text when I was in Idaho, and there was something on Facebook. Uh, somebody posted on Facebook. There's a big thing coming up on Monday. And they said, <laughs> what is it? What is it? And I'm like, I, I don't know. And they're like, oh, come on. You know. And I'm like, I, I don't know. What's this big announcement coming <laughs> up on Monday? I sent the same thing to Hannah. I said, we have news. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what was that? We're back. Um, yeah, we're oh. back. The gang's all back together. No, I had changed our cover photo on Facebook to a photo that it had been previously. And the caption that I had put the first time I posted it carried over for whatever reason. And we were teasing the launch of Wake Up Mid-Missouri last time we posted that photo. And... Yeah, no big news. So oh. everyone who tuned in this morning for our big news. Sorry, sorry to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> we we just kidding. Is Joe Biden when he Psych. when he goes out and talks in public, is he kidding or is he stupid? I'm yes. not saying he's stupid. I'm asking. Like is he messing with us or is he stupid? Uh yesterday, uh doing the march on Selma. The right to vote, to have your vote counted is the threshold of democracy and liberty. With it, anything's possible. Without it, without that right, nothing is possible. And this fundamental right remains under assault. What the heck is he talking about? What, who can't vote? Besides people under the age of 18 and certain amount of ex-felons. Who can't vote? <laughs> what is he talking about? I mean, people, non-citizens I in, most, in most jurisdictions. These poor Although they're still working on that. They're trying to allow the non-citizens to vote. These poor 16-year-olds, they don't get to vote for me as president. It's horrible. It's a travesty. Remember, everybody pointed to the state of Georgia in their new election laws. First election back in 20, uh, 2022, back in November. It was, oh, and they did polling on black people who voted, and they're like, they had, they said there was nothing wrong with voting. This study, this polling was, it was conclusive. It was consistent. It said, no, there's no problems. We had no problems with voting. I don't know what these people are talking about. And the turnout about. is like higher than it ever was in Georgia. And in many yes. other states, the turnout is is higher than it ever has been. He don't know what he's talking about. So I always dig it when SNL Weekend Update takes uh, uh, speaks the truth about him. First Lady Joe Biden said in an interview that she maintains a good balance in the types of advice she offers President Biden. But it's mostly, hold on to the railing. <laughs> Fell up some steps again or something like that. Hence the uh, the joke. All right, coming up, we're going to get into some leftovers. Did want to mention this. I know a lot of us here wake up mid-Missouri family, uh, big fans of Leonard Skinner over the years. Gary Rossington, uh, I, I think he's the last original member of Leonard Skinner. Guitarist for the group, Leonard Skinner died 71. Don't know the exact cause yet. Do know... He had had some health issues over the years. But you think back to that plane crash back in the 70s. I think it was 1977. Uh, he was one of some uh, about dozen passengers who survived that plane crash in Mississippi that killed the lead singer, killed Ronnie Van Sant, Steve Gaines, Cassie Gaines, several others. Now, this guy survived the plane crash. But think about this. He broke both of his legs, broke both of his arms, broke both of his ankles. Oh my goodness. And his pelvis. I cannot imagine the misery that must have been like. Because I don't know what you do for the next two months when you have two broken legs, two broken arms, broken ankles, and a broken pelvis. You're in a body count. Yeah. Wouldn't be skiing the Black Diamond anymore, would you? <laughs> no. Uh, so he died at the age of uh, 71, man. Certainly enjoyed um, their time. 
uh, here. I enjoyed uh, their time here and loved Leonard Skinner. I can't wait to hear what Leonard Skinner's song you play because I have a fave. I think our our we have different faves. What's your fave? I like Give Me Three Steps. Give Me Three Steps? I, I, I can get that coming out of the break. All right. We got this. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Enjoy. Some things we didn't get a chance to get to on the show today, like Stephanie Bell's favorite Skinner tune. This one, mm-hmm. I mean, not at Bar Vino in downtown Jefferson City. It's, I don't think they would play this. I heard 54 Country is reopening according to their Facebook page that they found a new location and that they're going to be back. That would be exciting. I've I'm heard wh- this. I'm not sure where. I heard King... Uh, well, anyway. So, allegedly, apparently, uh, it might be reopening, which would be uh, good news. Then you could go dance to Skinner. Yeah, Spoonbill, listener Spoonbill. Uh his favorite Skinner uh his favorite Skinner song, Simple Man. Yeah, pretty much all uh good. Marsh, what was your what was your favorite Skinner tune? Well, I don't you know, you kinda go with some of the, the classics like Sweet Home Alabama and Freebird. They did that one, it's kind of a slow one, the ballad of Curtis Lowe yeah. is kinda neat. Oh, yeah, yeah that's so an good. interesting song. Uh Leftovers. Something oh Hannah, what's your favorite Skinner tune? Uh Freebird. <laughs> Party foul. Play Freebird, man. Party foul. Uh Leftovers. Some of the things we didn't get a chance to get to, but thought, you know, it's still worth doing before we get into the Gary Nolan show here in the next few minutes. Steph, what you got for leftovers? Apparently Columbia police are seeking help as there's a bunch of porch pirates running around. Which this isn't really, I don't think, the time. I think mostly we're we always get the concerns over yeah porch pirates because there's so many packages around christmas but apparently they've seen an uptick i'm not surprised given our economy but i always feel like porch pirates is an awfully lofty title for a thief (laughs) i hear like you know i see like johnny depp and the bandana and the eyeliner (laughs) and all the obnoxious backyard buccaneers yeah going up and stealing your stuff Best way to avoid theft from porch pirates, uh, go to the store and buy your crap. Uh, what else you got? You meant shop local. Thank <laughs> you very much. Sick the dog on them. Uh, uh, by the way, shop local. I do want to give some kudos. I know um, that Housworth had been covering in this and some of the news and sports. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the owners of um, Atterbury Auction and Realty Company made a, a pretty hefty donation to Mizzou Athletics. Tim and his wife, Crystal Elliott, uh, are helping fund the installation of a new video board at Mizzou Arena. They happen to own Atterbury Auction and Realty. He might be embarrassed that I would say this because he likes to kind of probably keep that stuff quiet. But I think it's worth mentioning because Atterbury Auction and Realty Company, uh, a small local company, they hire a few folks and do some really, really good work. So thanks to them for what they're doing. Marsh, what do you got for leftovers? Well, we had Senator Mike Bernsketter on in the last week, and he talked to us about refiling a bill that would remove the option of parole for teen killers, including a Cole County teen who killed her young neighbor back in 2009. It would go from just capital murder for no parole, but the case is with second-degree murder for no parole. And he's, he's filed that uh, bill yet again. Uh, and then uh, the parking apps in Jeff City, which I always—I think it's, I, I see the benefit of it, but I always think any—if I have to use my debit card to park or a credit card, I feel I'm deferring 
the 25 cents it takes to put into this meter to park. But I, but, I see the benefit. But I always get mad because I usually have like my one Aldi quarter in my car and then I park and then I'm like, oh, my, I'm going to lose my Aldi quarter and then I forget. Um, oh, I do have to give a shout out. Congrats to the Southern Boone Lady Eagles who secured the district championship this weekend. A very exciting time in Ashland. As a matter of fact, a lot of good, uh, some good, uh, I, I think some impactful back basketball games tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, all across mid-Missouri and Mizzou. The following another week, uh, win over the weekend. Um, they're looking good. Uh, they got, I think, like a double by fourth round seed in the SEC tournament. And I think Mizzou club hockey is going yep. to nationals. Like, just crazy time for sports here that? in Midmo. I am not a fan of soccer. Uh, I don't know which is more boring, watching golf or soccer or bowling. Uh, but St. Louis has a new Major League Soccer team. They are 2-0. and I think only the fourth franchise in Major League Soccer history to start uh, to be a new franchise and start with two wins. And the pictures coming out of St. Louis after all we've gone through.